A good running episode of The Wheel Nerds starts like this. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 42. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles and masters of the universe. Some sort of, like, crazy, like, Buell and, and Ducati team-up to wow. be masters of the universe. That sounds not entirely hypothetical. It's not. <laughs> Remember how last week we were talking about Hero buying Buell? Yeah, which Buell came out and said is not true. Really? Yeah, uh, Eric sent a statement to, uh, I think, Hell for Leather uh-huh. saying no. Nuh-uh. Uh-uh, yeah. Oh. So I'm wondering if... Uh, if the Ducati rumor... So there's another rumor that now Hero's looking at Ducati. Oh, that would be a neat one. Yeah. Well, that, I'm a little disappointed now because, you know, the Bukati Hero would be a pretty sweet bike. <laughs> I'd buy it. Bukati Hero. Bukati Hero. <laughs> it turns into a robot. <laughs> Bring it in. Let's go. Chop, chop. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, Hero Motor Corp, they're this Indian company. And the thing about being an Indian motorcycle company with, a, with most of the market is that is a fucking huge market. Yeah, yeah. And they got a huge wad of cash. <laughs> yep. So, you know, and then you look at these companies who are sort of cool, but um, have business sense of cool people, you know. Or, you know, had the misfortune to be saddled with business people who are not so much. As the case may be. Mm-hmm. Or are Italian. So, you know. Eric's Italian? No, Ducati is. <laughs> it was a little surprising to me Ducati was not doing that well. Although I suppose, again, there's, you know. There's a lot of things that go into not doing so hot. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Ducati. I thought, you know, they were doing okay, but... My sense is they were probably, if I was to guess, I'm betting they're doing about as well as the market's doing. Yeah. And the market as a whole, if you're not Ural or BRP, the market sucks. Yeah. So... Hmm. You know what they need? Girls in uh, bounce houses. Mm-hmm. Sell bikes. In a heartbeat. <laughs> Hero would totally go Hero, for that. Hero, are you listening? They would. <laughs> I could totally see some zany Indian thing going for that. <laughs> Get in the bathhouse. Uh, yeah, no, Eric said it wasn't true. So uh, it could have been the, the newspaper itself. Yep, okay. Reading more into the statement from Hero. Sure. Or someone at Hero spilling some beans. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't know which. It's not true. I don't want money. <laughs> I, it makes sense fuels, to me that he would do it. It made shitloads of sense. He's got somebody with, you know, the same same thing with Ducati. Okay, so here's two cool companies combined with someone who knows their ass from a hole in the ground about business. And a giant wad of money. Uh-huh. And manufacturing. I fail to see where this is bad for anybody involved. But uh, all I could think is, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about last week where, you know, if he loses that American image. American! Yeah, yeah good point. I don't you know, know. Maybe, you know, people are going to be like... They, they took our jobs! I'm not so much sure, though, that they... Oh, yeah, you know, because the, the 40 Buells that were produced, you know, this is, <laughs> that's a job creator. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I just, know. I, I think it'd be a, a pretty sweet deal for him if they, if I, they had something. He, the dude needs... A, if he wants to make real money, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just wants to race with, like, a few little type of bikes. But if he wants to make some real money and stuff, it's you got to have this infrastructure. He, he needs to eclipse the old Buell. He's laboring under the shadow of this old Buell made by Harley. I mean, there's, yeah. there's this podcast where this guy is having constant troubles with this fucking Buell of his. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it breaks. It makes exploding noises. It, uh, its tires don't have friction with roads. I mean, it's out of control. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> how, was your, how was your week, Chuck? You know, Buell ran great. It stuttered only one time, and that was when I picked up the phone. 
I, and it wasn't even like the stutter it had done before. It just it was this odd blip, and it, it was like, hang up. <laughs> okay, I'm this just, bike is definitely possessed. I've, I've decided the the bike is inhabited by the soul of my father, <laughs> and that's it's why out to get you. He does things like dump me in the middle of the freeway. In the middle of the freeway, you say. Yeah. The folks on our Facebook have already seen the uh, carnage. The pictures, yeah. So this was a this was this crazy storm came out of nowhere. I was up in Park City and I got stuck there for the night. Yeah, all the canyon roads got room. closed. Yeah. So I was trying to beat the storm home. Yep. And the freeway was backed up. Lovely. You didn't so just start lane splitting. <laughs> I didn't start lane splitting. I, I just sat there because at that point it just started – it was almost a whiteout. It was coming down so fast. Oh, wow. And I just watched it pile up around me. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, dear. maybe I can make it to 33rd and get off. <laughs> <laughs> just went right down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, fortunately it was stop and go traffic because, you know, everyone was stopped. Mm-hmm. So the guy behind me just got out of his car and came me, helped. picked it up. And the guy in front of me got out of his car and helped me pick it up and we rolled it off the road. <laughs> And the oh, cop man. pulls up and he's like, what are you thinking? Are you stupid? <laughs> and really, how do you answer that? You don't say yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never admit something to a police officer. <laughs> it's when you're like, no, I was just like, hey, so, I was hoping I was going to get lucky. Like, well, you're a safety hazard on that. And that's when, you know, we saw this uh, four wheel truck uh-huh. kind of go sideways past us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm the safety hazard. <laughs> That's all me. <laughs> Everyone else is just... 500 pounds of child-slaying <laughs> murder wagon. Yeah, none of those guys are safe. Yet. It's me, yeah. This you. will eat your cat. It will... It will Take me in. Hide your car keys. It will... Cuff me now. <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing, though, is uh, he went back. He took my license, took my paperwork, sat in his car for about 20 minutes, mm-hmm. came back out and said, I don't know what to cite you for. I bet, you know... <laughs> The way that story's supposed to go is he took all your stuff, went and sat in his car, left his ass off on the radio with everybody at dispatch for the next 20 minutes. Oh, I watched him through the window. Oh, I got in trouble. Did you? I did. Why is that? Because I was standing next to the car. You know how they want you to stand in front? Sure, where they can have you on camera and stuff if you start shooting. Right. Also, so that you can't read over his shoulder while he's looking up other people's records. Oh, interesting. I'm like, that dude, that dude, I know that dude. He keep, I keep getting his calls for, you know, being behind in his payments and he's, I, I want to fight. Sir, could you go please stand in front of the car? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Chuck's adventures in snow motorcycling. But amazingly enough, the Buell turn signal cover broken. That's Mm -hmm. it. Started right up, was fine. Running like a rock. (laughs) Apparently, he needed to go drop it. If we'd known this, we could have kicked it over when we were down in the desert. Egg. It's not rucking. Thunk, smash. I okay. talked to uh, another guy, with a local guy with a Buell. Yeah. He's got a couple, and he's having trouble with his. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, I ran the tank dry, and that's when all the stuttering. And I was like, oh, yeah, I ran the tank dry, and now it's working fine. <laughs> well. Because I ran it dry when I had it up on the stands. Sure, to, yeah. You know, spray it with water. I don't know. The thing is uh, – you know, I, I replaced the seat. I pulled all the stickers off. I, I took the toolbox off. I mm-hmm. think it knew. Yeah. <laughs> it started like, to uh-oh. fear. Uh-oh. <laughs> it saw that I, I had sold the Viffer. Mm-hmm. It, it knew it was up next in the rotation. Done. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll see what happens. Let, let us drink to continued Buell success. To continued Buell success. So you've brought some goodies for us here. Yes. This is called uh, Beck Seju, I think. It's a Korean rice wine. Uh-huh. 
And uh, it's better than your, your wine in a cardboard box. One would hope. Salute. Kampai. Hmm. To me, it tastes like a unsweet honey. Yeah, it's kind of a little – got a little bit of syrupy, kind of not much of a little little sweet start and like no finish whatsoever. I mean mm-hmm. no like – no icky face no, afterwards. It's just – it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. It's 13%. It's quite yummy and it comes in a very convenient travel size bottle. Yes, it does. <laughs> Beck Seju. You guys mm. should get it. Give it a try. This is – I'm going to drink more. This is entirely tolerable. Yes. Would you like some more? No, I'm good. I'm going to drive home. Oh, yeah. That's right. I don't. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> I like me. <laughs> and you're the only one. So Peter sent us a pretty fun what if. Okay. What we got? We got, what if two friends invite you riding? One has a Harley, one has a Gixxer, and they're both Billy. What do you do? <laughs> so one of them's in a Corona tank top with a backwards cap, and the other one's dressed like a pirate? Uh, I guess, I, but th- this is this is this is a little close to home for me because I had an incident like this where I went riding with some guys from work, mm-hmm. and the guys from work were basically okay, but they brought like four friends and they're fucking all billies. Oh. One guy in a Daytona who could ride and four billies. It was it was out of hand, and the really the thing you worry about when you're riding with billies, and this is unique to riding with two billies, you're worried about a testosterone fueled crash, which is exactly what happened when I went out with them. Mm-hmm. So I was leading the pack and I told – you know, I give everybody the thing. You're like, ride your own ride. Don't try to keep up, blah, blah, blah. Billy doesn't hear that. Billy's like, so, <laughs> so I'm up there. sweet tat. So I'm up there going through Wolf Creek at, you know, a, a, an OK clip. Like not – we go faster there now. But so I'm going at a pretty good clip and the guy on the Daytona is right on my tail. We're just cruising along. We go up through the S-turn and stuff and we get down to the other side and we stop and wait. And you look casual when you're riding fast. Do I? Yes, because well, the 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 seating of the strom, you're you're yeah. upright. You're just you you don't look like you're going fast. You might be screaming in your helmet, but no but, one can okay. see that. But so we, we go cruising on. Thank up. God. We stop at the other side, and this car comes up and stops. He's like, "Hey, hey, are you are you riding with the guy on the red bike?" <laughs> I'm like. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, Uh-oh. yeah, he crashed back on the other side. And we're like, shit, shit, that's, shit, shit. That's a horrible, horrible feeling. Well, yeah, and sure enough, so we, we hit roll on back. And sure enough, the lower part of the S-turn on Wolf Creek, Billy has crashed. Billy's <laughs> Billy's YZF is all wadded up. <laughs> oh, no. And Billy is like, oh, man, I was going in the turn and there was gravel. And I kind of look over at his buddy with the Daytona and he looks back at me and neither of us says a word. And we just look <laughs> back at Billy and go, huh, I had to lay it down, bro. Yeah. I mean, we got around that turn at like 60 miles an hour not yeah. long before that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there was no goddamn gravel. Yeah. You know, you go – if you're at different skill levels, I, I've had this happen. You go mm-hmm. through a turn entirely different ways. Yes, indeed. It's not It's not hard to get over your head really, mm-hmm. really fast. Yeah. So I, I, what do you do though? So you've got two billies who want to go riding with what you. What did you do? I mean, you went. I went and you're you know you like, gave them the coaching you could and you just frankly stayed the fuck away from the billies. <laughs> give, them, give them some room is what I did. Although, you know, how, how did I do it again looking at the billies? <sighs> I, I might know. let them go first. I, I might let them go first. I might do the same kind of thing though and just like stay separate from the billies a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the things is make sure you've got someone who can fake call you and be like, <laughs> I need you at place. You better come quick. <laughs> oh, guys, I have to go places. <laughs> Bye. 
Uh, you know, even if it's not a Billy, that 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 pull of seeing the rider in front of you mm-hmm. go much faster than you, yeah, you you're gonna think, hey, I can do that. Yeah. Or I can do I can do just under that. No problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. What could possibly go? Oh my god! Oh, no insurance claim. Yeah. I I think uh, I I'm, I would let the Billies go first, depending mm-hmm. on. Uh, I mean, I'd probably go ride with them. Yeah, I, I'm. There's only a few people I've met that I'm wary of riding with at yeah, all. I think I I think I'd go with them too. I, I it's it's they're the guys that wear the uh, old World War II style German helmets in California. Oh, okay. on sport bikes. Well, those are the guys I don't want to go riding with. Fair enough. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think this might just be California. I don't know. Maybe listeners can help us out. Mm. But I see a lot of sport bike clubs. Hmm. And that just looks weird. <laughs> yeah. That's peculiar. We don't have them here. No. We right. just have the regular cruiser gangs. Yeah. Cruiser Air quotes, gangs. <laughs> or clubs. Bike clubs. clubs. Motorcycle yes. clubs. Motorcycle clubs. We have the normal MCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'd go with the Billies. I think I, I agree. I think your advice of put them out front is Put them good. out front. That's solid. Let them so the Billies in the front. And, and don't get too close. Don't to get the too close. <laughs> a lot of space between give, you and the Billies. Give some room. Yeah. 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 And, and be ready to be like, I have to be in place and just remove yourself <laughs> from the situation. This is like totally totally feasible though because i mean we've all got we all know billies what if you're related to a billy oh god <laughs> I, same rules apply go them out front and then be like i have to go places are you are you related to a billy no nope. proximity nope. i don't everyone i'm related to hates my bike <laughs> oh, okay well there we go <laughs> i told my mom i sold the viffer and she's like oh that's good i'm like great now i gotta go down to south bay motorsports and buy a new bike to replace it I learned new words in Japanese. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't one of them. Educational. <laughs> Little 81-year-old Japanese woman, she was saying Just things. Giving you what for. <laughs> it was sad. Put Billy's in front and stay away from them. Mm-hmm. Okay, classified of the week. We've got here. Uh, this is not a trap. <laughs> not a trap. Okay, here we go. There's no punctuation, so I'm going to give this a shot in one breath. Title got lost. No liens. Not stolen. Just lost title and no stator that charges the battery. Needs a little work, but can hear run. Also key. Went to jail with a friend. So no key. Great parts. Bike can still hear run. Give me a call. Number, 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 number. If no answer, call number, 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 number. Thanks. <laughs> Did you get all that? Yes. yes it's very exciting. <laughs> who, I, uh, who wrote this? Dude, I, 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 it's hard to write when you're on the run from the law. And you're a dolphin, mm-hmm. and you're stoned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, this is a uh, oh, this is worse than that ad from what last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, okay. Let, let's title got lost. No liens, not stolen. Just lost title. <laughs> no, not stolen. <laughs> Key went to jail with a friend. Okay, I think I. I've, wow, man. Where it was promptly shaped into a shiv. Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn. Okay, I just you know you know what the thing that jumps right out at me about this one. There's so many things wrong in here, but let's let's start with the first thing to be wrong. It's in Chattanooga. Not stolen in like the first line. <laughs> like okay, I don't care what you're in. selling or how legit your ad is. If you put "not stolen" in the first line, it's, it's going to totally sound stolen. You know what? Let's 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 pull up a couple of regular boring ads online and try this. Okay, so we'll start with this pretty boring one. Frankly, that's a uh, yeah. you know looks like it's a dealer ad. So here we go. Like new Yamaha Raider, only 1,400 miles, not stolen. Come in today for a test ride. Newgate Motorsports. You know, I didn't even notice the first time around that this guy had left off the mileage of the bike. Hmm. Well, he can't turn it on. He has no key. Right. Good and point. no starter. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, stator. That's a charging system piece. Oh, okay. I thought he had just misspelled starter. <laughs> Here's a basic ad for a 2006 Yamaha Roadstar. So I'll start by reading it the normal way. Beautiful and powerful Yamaha Roadstar 1700. This bike has low miles, a full-stage 2 kit with great-sounding pipes and cannon intake, blah, 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 goes on. Let's try it again with the new improved way that is sure to sell it. Beautiful and powerful Yamaha Roadstar 1700 that is not stolen. This bike has a low miles, a full-stage 2 I mean, you can add this to anything. <laughs> no key. <laughs> no key. Key went to jail. But it's friend. not stolen at the front of any ad. <laughs> Tires are in great Instantly condition. Instantly makes it suspicious. <laughs> I mean, instantly. Here we go. Mini chopper bike in Orem, which is like the really boring, lame people neighborhood here in Utah. Yeah. It's too big for my girls and not stolen. I need to sell it ASAP, make an offer. <laughs> Instantly suspicious for a $400 bike. <laughs> uh, I know what I'm putting on the Buell ad. <laughs> and not stolen. <laughs> Try this. It's not stolen. <laughs> I didn't ask you if it was stolen. It's not stolen. <laughs> I mean, how many miles does it have? Totally not legit. stolen. <laughs> Bring a locksmith. <laughs> Meet me behind the Walmart at 1 o'clock in the morning. Bring cash. Don't tell friends. <laughs> Tell no one. Come alone. <laughs> you go for this bike, you're going to wake up missing a kidney. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> and, and actually, there's a another one Charlie sent us, which is a big anatomy of a scam email. We'll put it up on the site. Mm, yeah. yeah. But it, it's interesting. It, it, kinda, it, it flows in with the not stolen mm-hmm. of, of the Wheel Nerd's Guide to Spotting a Scam. Mm-hmm. Shall we fill them in? Yes. Because I've gotten a bunch of these when I, I've had the bikes up for sale. Mm-hmm. My my most common one is the marine engineer who is out at sea without internet access but can uh-huh. send me email. That makes sense. Yeah. That's totally legit. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. somebody's wife wants to buy things, sell things. Completely unsight unseen. Mm-hmm. Agent will pick up. Yeah. Agent. That's always a good one. <laughs> yeah. So there's a bunch of clues. The thing I always love is that you can always tell these these scam emails right off the bat. Most of the time by the language. Yes, because they look like they've gone through Google Translate one or two times. Yeah, no kidding. My, my favorite one is, what is the last price? <laughs> Which is a literal translation of what's your final offer, <laughs> yeah. what's your final price. Yep. But it, it's completely missing the idiom. Please send me your final price. Yes. <laughs> what is your last price, your final price? My favorite way to answer that is $1 million. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, there are whole websites that exist that are devoted just for messing with scammers. Yeah. They're, uh, they're quite humorous. We'll post one up on the site. <laughs> they do things where they'll, you know, like these people engage to scammers, mm-hmm. kind of bring them along. Start to rope them in. And then they start demanding photographic evidence of things to, like, prove you who you say you are. So I want to see a photo of you with a fish on your head. <laughs> and said photos are produced and posted. Well, it's not like the scammers have anything else to do. This is their job, man. Yeah, that's their job. So that's what they do all day. They're just collecting a paycheck. Here's a picture of me holding a sign that says, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the other thing that always seems to come out, you get, you get the mistranslations and there's always that, like, that like shell game that goes on. I mean, realistically, okay, if anyone wants to buy a bike from you and they aren't just using some normal mode of payment you agreed upon, like cash, a check, a, a camel, cashier's check. Yeah, cashier's check, preferably. Sent in the mail. I mean, something that they're going to bring with them and pick up the bike and pay you with the thing. Pretty much if that's not happening, it's about 95% sure it's a scam. Something is wrong. And especially, no one wants to buy something that expensive, sight unseen. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, totally. Nobody. No. <laughs> No. Oh, yes. Just bring here. Give us your home address and we'll send an agent. Air quotes. 
<laughs> An agent who will not rob you. Speaking of, uh, Brian sent me his check for DeVifer. I got it today. It's a cashier's check. I, I still have the bike and I still have the title. Mm-hmm. Screw you, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to the titty bar. <laughs> and the funny thing is, though, that's a natu- that's a special case. Yeah, because he knows me. Yeah, yeah, he could he could come find me. Yeah, he's got friends that know where I live. Exactly. He's got friends that are sitting next to me. <laughs> I could probably take them though. <laughs> Not as much of that as you've had. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me bulletproof. I don't think that's what it does. Gives me bulletproof monk powers. Nor does it make you invisible. So I'd really like it if you put your clothes back on. I'm comfortable to my house. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of getting a little too comfortable, (laughs) let's go back to the second half of our interview with Nancy and Walt from Street Masters. Yeah, this is very, very cool first time, first week. So I'm I'm really excited to talk to him some more. So Walt, did you reconstruct Nancy's crash and tell her what she did wrong? No. (laughs) (laughs) I've not said a word about it. Self-preservation won out that yeah, one. Yeah. You know, you know when he got there, he's like looking at the track. Hmm. <laughs> well, in that I'm not a dirt rider, it, it's, uh, you know, I know it was a lot because I, I, it was beyond my skill set. <laughs> that was, has, that has, was the problem. Has crashing changed your perspective or, you know, kind of given you an insights? I need more. I need more practice. I need more experience dealing with different conditions. When I've met Walt... Uh, about 12, 13 years ago, I truly was a fair weather rider, even on the street. I mean, if it was looking like it was going to rain, I'd go find something else to do. Uh, after I met Walt and we started riding, it was like, oh, it's going to rain today. And he's going, so? And, <laughs> and your point is. Yeah. Put your big girl panties on. <laughs> Come on, woman. So I think I learned, you know, I, I just need to get more experience negotiating things like that and, and learning how to handle those situations. And, you know, I've just recently gotten back on the, on the bikes and, you know, I, I really don't feel much trepidation. I, I'm just easing back into it. But on the road, I'm fine because it really it wasn't really a road accident. It was an accident in the dirt. I think once my arm and shoulder feels stronger, I'm, I'm ready to... Well, Walt got me a KLX 250 of my very own, and I think I'm ready to go out and explore some dirt roads. Did he? I really, I re- really believe getting back on the horse that threw you and, and riding it. So, mm. uh, yeah, she's it, back on it. She's going. That's a, that's a great idea. Just make sure he doesn't buy additional life insurance on you when he does he, it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, you know, I, I'm surprised there's one question I haven't heard you ask. Even in in view of her uh, injury, I thought you would ask, well, was it worth it and would you do it again? Well, isn't that... I figured that was a given. Self-evident, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you you see that. A lot of people may not, but yes, the answer is yes and yes. She, she'll oh, yeah. Again. I'm ready to go back. And I, yeah, Although we, we did talk to the locals. And, you know, we went in August. We went in, in uh, the first two weeks in August and... So let me, but, but but hold on. Let me tell you what the deal is with that. The yeah. prices are low, yeah. and that's why we went in August for the the lower prices. Oh, we didn't. But but the weather's bad. That uh, is their rainy season, so that's so, why the weather. You know, people. That's leave. why the prices are low. <laughs> well, so if you're so if you're cheap, August is the time to go. But if you want to go ride and have a lot more fun, go when the sun's out and and go in um, the last well, uh, couple of weeks in May, first couple of weeks in June. Well, that's when the locals said to come. You know, high season up there is July. Mm. And, uh, of course, the longest day of the year is in, in, in the end of June. 
But the locals say if you want to come when it's dry and be there before all the motorhomes start showing up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The Q-tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said come last two weeks of May, first two weeks of June. They said it might be on the little chilly side, but that is the best riding time they, in their estimation. I mean, they, and they live there. Mm-hmm. So I think next time we go, we're going to, you know, get some electric gear and we'll go, we'll go that time of year. It, it, it sounds a whole lot better to me. And, and you know what the interesting thing about this is? I, I started this off by saying that this ride was probably harder than the one I would have taken with the guys simply because when I was racing, I, I rode guys motorcycles. Guys are pansies. Well, no, yeah. Well, well, no, when I, when I was racing, I had, I had to ride. If I didn't ride, I didn't earn any money. That's that's how I earned my living for a number of years. And whether it was a dusty track, a rough track, a, a bad track, it doesn't matter. You still rode. But I ride motorcycles now because I have fun at doing it. And when I quit having fun, I don't do it anymore. And, you know, uh, that that road up uh, the, the Dempster, given, if you were on a dirt bike, it would have been okay. But on a street bike that's made to go kind of off-road, but not in the mud and, and, and the rough stuff like uh, like we were in. It was absolutely no fun. It was a lot of work. So I, I really have to say I, I hand it to the ladies and the other guys that were along the on the ride because they did an excellent job and they, they persevered under some horrendous conditions. So, Would you do that road on a 1200 GS? You know what? Uh, I had one guy uh, say he, he, he had been up several miles up the high, you know, maybe 50 miles, 100 miles up the highway. And he, he stopped and got a flatbed truck to bring him back down because he wasn't going to go any further. He had a 1200 GS. Uh, I've ridden 1200 GSs uh, off-road uh, in the sand, in the mud. With the right right tires, they're maybe not bad. But, you know, when you load them down, no matter what tires you have on them, it's like a big boat. And mm-hmm. they're they're heavy and they're awkward, and they're a lot of work. The answer is no. I probably would not have if I had uh, something like a, a motocross bike or an off road bike, a real off road bike, piece of cake. But uh, but something that's that's meant for road that's been modified so you can use it uh, off road. Too much work. Mm-hmm. It, however, it when it's dry, you can. Oh ride yeah. You could ride up that highway on a full dress cruiser. Goldwing. A Goldwing, cruiser, Harley. It doesn't matter. Insert your own name. It wouldn't matter because the road's hard packed. It's maintained. Pretty straight. It's well maintained. But as soon as it gets wet, all bets are off. Nice. You know, I don't think our listeners would forgive us if we don't ask you some questions about on any Sunday. You willing (laughs) to talk to us about that? By the way, still. It is such a great movie. If you, if all you people out there, you've never seen on any Sunday, it is just the epitome of the best motorcycle movie ever made. It, you know, it, I, we we just got a, a letter forwarded to us from from Eddie Mulder, one of the uh, you know national competitors uh, years ago, mm-hmm. and and he had gotten a note from a, a high school student who had grown up watching on any Sunday. And I mean, he's just high school now, so he, he hadn't been watching it that long, but the point he wasn't is... born then. Yeah, he wasn't even <laughs> born then, but, but, you know, the last few years he's been watching it, and he just fell in love with it, and he has uh, actually uh, asked Eddie 
to do him a favor, and if he could find anybody that's still around for the movie, he'd love their autographs. Oh. So, I mean, it, it even has an impact now. And, and back when it first came out, uh, I have to tell you, Bruce Brown is a genius with what he does and how he does it. It's uh, he's a great guy to work with, knows what he wants, and, and he can get it. I worked with him on that, and I just had a great time with it. I think that once you see it, understand that everything that you're seeing is real. And, and the, the camaraderie and the competition and the, uh, the conditions that you see were real-life things. It's one of those things that I think missing now because now, now we have uh, a road race champion and we have a dirt track champion and we have a this champion and that champion. Well, back when, when On Any Sunday was done, you had to ride everything if you were going to be a, a national number one. That's what it took. Uh, because you got points for all of those events and they were combined together. And uh, the, the guy on top was the national number one. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the uh, the riders back, I, I don't mean to take anything away from riders today because they're, they're excellent. However, I, I will have to say that riders back then had to do everything if they wanted to be in the hunt. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole different era. And you could say, yeah, it's the good old days, but, but people back then could say 20 years before that was the good old days. And so who's to say who's right and who's wrong? But, but, but I look at it and I see a lot of things that we had missing from what's, what's in the sport today. Yeah, and, and Walt's been in the sport for a long, long time. In that, like you said, he started riding when, his, when he was seven. And he, I don't know that he mentioned, but his, his father, who, whose name is also Walt Fulton, uh, Walt Fulton Jr. Walt that you're speaking to is Walt Fulton III. Walt Fulton Jr. is one of the first inductees into the AMA Hall of Fame. And so he comes from a very motorcycle intensive background. His, his dad won the very first race out at Catalina Island in 1951. Did it quite handily, as a matter of fact. Um, mm -hmm. So he, Walt is just a wealth of information about not just his own racing era but the era before him because his dad came up through that time and his dad was in the industry and so it's really really kind of cool I, I when i first met walt i had no idea who the heck he was you know i was like i'm going i'm just kind of minding my own business and hanging around at the lookout and he shows up and it's like hey baby you want to take an on track road class Hey, it's, it's, she's a redhead. What can I tell you? She's and hot. she rides a motorcycle. Woo! So we we consider our first date to be um, a weekend event down at Del Mar uh, for the mile race. And they have a vintage race and a big uh, Concorde d'Elegance. Uh, everybody shows up. And it's just a huge, huge event. And I had never been... And the first time I had run on to him, he had mentioned something about it. So we decided to go down there. And the first thing we did on a Friday night, we rode down there. And we went to one of his friend's house, the people that had actually started the Concorde Elegance down at Del Mar. And they were having a potluck at their house. Well, who should be there? But who's vertebral? Who's who of, of motorcycle racing? Well, you can help me out with all the people. You know, I only knew... Walt and, and maybe one other guy because he used to hang he hangs out at the lookout and that would be Jody Nicholas who was also well, a national racer with Walt 
Well, Carol Russweber was there, uh, Bobby Hill. Carol Russweber was the national number one, Bobby Hill. Um, uh, Jim Davis. He was 100. Uh, was, yeah, 100. And, was he 103 at that time? I think he was 103 at that time. Yeah. <laughs> he used to ride board track races. Board track. Yeah. And what a great guy he was. But she got to meet a lot of those people. She got to meet uh, the next Eva, day. We, Eva Knievel. Walt was, Walt, yeah, Walt was, was going to be interviewed up on the stage in the vendor area because people were asking about his dad, who was, who was ill at the time. And we're standing there behind the, 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 the sound stage. And I turn and look, and here comes like this little group of entourage of people. And in the middle of it, yeah, it looks like Evil Knievel and Walt. And I said, Walt, is that? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's Evil. And Evil looks Walt in the eye and walks right up and says, hey, Walt, how you doing, man? Haven't seen you in a long time. And I and, and I didn't really know Walt all that well. I'm going, holy cow, he knows Evil Knievel. I think Evil is probably the most famous person I've ever been close to in my whole life. Everybody knows who <laughs> Evil Knievel is. And that's how Walt got a second date. <laughs> yeah. That's how Walt I, got the second so. base. <laughs> So he sits me down next to Evil Knievel on the bench, and I'm, I had to talk. He, he, Evil was was such a character. He had this little foo-foo dog with him. And, <laughs> and first, he, really first we were chatting about Walt's dad, and he's saying, how's Walt's dad doing, blah, blah. You know, we were just chatting along, and, and, and then we were, we're talking, and, and some came up about this little dog he had in his lap, and he's just, well, you know, he says, this dog's great. You know, he says, she says, my dog loves me no matter what. She says, you know, my, when my girlfriend on the East Coast is mad at me, I leave there and I go to my girlfriend on the West Coast. And when she's mad at me, too, then I still got my dog. And it's like, <laughs> this <laughs> dog is great. Watch me throw this dog scary. across the Grand Canyon. Spot. I can't, I don't want to see that picture, but no. anyway. So that, that didn't end the week. I mean, this was a, such an interesting weekend. We went to uh, the that evening, Skip Van Leeuwen uh, sponsors a big thing at the short track event during the weekend that Saturday night's always the short track and puts on a big spread up in the, the skybox area. And so we, Walt got us into that, of course, cause he's part of the group and I'm up there and I see, I start seeing all these people and he's introducing me to all these people. It wasn't until later. I really realized who most of them were, but Walt's trying to fill me in on who's who and all that. Cause I was really not into motorcycle racing except from maybe the late 80s on into the, the present time. So he's saying, here, this is this person, and that's that person, and, and introducing me to all these people. But just as we were trying to leave, this guy comes up to him and says, hey, Walt, my son's trying to interview a bunch of people for this movie that he's putting together. Uh, can you come and, and uh, talk to him? And it's like, who is this guy? And Walt says, well, that's Bruce Brown. He's the one that, that did On Any Sunday. And it's like, oh. So we went back in, and here he sits down with Bruce's son, Dana, and they're interviewing, and you see that interview on Any Sunday Revisited. Hmm. That's the night that I finally got to realize, you know, what this whole group was all about. It's like, whoa, you know, I've seen On Any Sunday. These are all these same guys. You know, wow, this is really cool. And then Walt got the third base. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Not that night, but yes, I did. <laughs> so, Walt, I gotta, I gotta ask: If you have a father who's a motorcycle racer, what do you do to rebel? Did you like go out and buy like a blue station wagon? Well, actually, no. He, he was a, um, 
Nothing quite that serious. Uh, well, actually, maybe it was even more serious. He was uh, a Triumph guy through and through. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and I went, uh, uh, got a job writing for Harley Davidson. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, you know, working with Bruce Brown on any Sunday was, was a great thing. There's lots of stories. I mean, what Jimmy was your in- tells involvement? one story about him when he got his... His, his helmet camera, helmet mounted camera going, and he's standing there with his, he's got his uh, battery pack on, and he's got the, the helmet on his head, and, and Odom comes and knocks on his door, and Bruce just whips it open without thinking, he's standing there naked with all this gear on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm making a movie, can you come back later? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking the, the camera one, gear at the time, the too, was immense. That, 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 that camera helmet was that it was, of course, one size. Now, we don't have, we didn't have at that time cameras like they do now, the little lipstick cameras and the small little things, the GoPros that you just click here and click there and mm-hmm. they, they stay and they get great video or, and, and whatnot. This was actually a 16 millimeter film this thing was shooting. It had the camera on one side of the helmet, the battery on the other side of the helmet. It must have weighed somewhere between 11, 11 to 12 pounds or more. Uh, plus, it was, it was large. A, a large so helmet. What they, yeah, what they had to do was put on several of these these uh, wool caps on my head because I I have I have a small head. It's no Nancy. There's, says. there's one shot in there uh, going down the back straightaway, Daytona into the banking, where you see the the camera moving around a little bit, and all of a sudden you get into the bank where it's really rough, and the the camera slams down and then yes then starts starts up and then points to the sky. Well, that's me. And and what's happening is the helmet's not only bouncing on my head, but as as my head comes up, the weight of the helmet keeps going and it jerks my head back even further. And the camera points <laughs> up. It was a miserable thing to use. I, I remember this part because that's the part yeah. where the narrator is talking about you know you're on the bank of the track and the yeah. forces are pushing you down and stuff, yeah. and it's really just a camera flopping you around. <laughs> yeah, well, no, the, the the forces are forcing you bound, around, and that's what's flopping the camera around. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was. It's a really rough. Was uh, a really rough racetrack. All in that awesome metal shop safety film narrator voice. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, when I first started watching this movie, I went into it cold, not knowing what to expect. I didn't know it was a documentary. I was just, I had movie Steve McQueen and movie in my head. Yeah. So it starts up with this. And so you want to learn to ride a motorcycle. Hello, and welcome to the fabulous world of motorsports. <laughs> I felt like I was back in school at lunch hour on rain day, rainy days. Like, oh, yeah, so this is shop safety. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bruce has uh, some of a, somewhat of a, a, a dry humor, but, but it, it, he is a very funny man. That's, a, that's him on the whole film. That's him mm-hmm. talking. So you were not just riding with this this sixteen poundish uh, camera <laughs> Martian, helmet. <laughs> Martian helmet on your head. You were you were racing because in some of those scenes or whoever's wearing the helmet at the time, it looked like they were overtaking and passing people. Yeah, I think that was probably uh, uh, most likely practice because it, it just wasn't practical to wear it. You just too too much weight on your head, you know, to hang on say at Daytona for two hundred miles or some of these other races for a hundred or one hundred and twenty five miles. It was just uh, just too much. How many of the segments were you involved with? Like, were you just involved with the the track races or the? I mean, yeah, did you, I, were I you involved, involved in the with, desert race? Yeah. No, I was just involved with some of the uh, the road racings. 
Uh, okay. Uh, but he was also racing the dirt track at the time. And well, I was. I, I used to. I used to leave the West Coast in um, March, go to Daytona, ride there, spend a couple of months working for a dealer, wherever I, I wanted to be. And motorcycle then, um, dealer, folks, not drugs. Yeah, yeah, not exactly. <laughs> motorcycle dealer, not. A, I, I wasn't. I wasn't dealing drugs. Uh, Might have been the '60s, but okay. Yeah, it was and, the uh, <laughs> Then I'd, I'd end up in Milwaukee in uh, May sometime, uh, last of May, and I would spend the rest of the summer running around the uh, the Midwest, the fair circuit. You could ride, gee, you could ride five times a week. You had two, uh, two short track races every week uh, that, that were regular on the schedule, and then there were always uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You could be somewhere racing. So you, as long as your equipment would run, you'd, you'd ride five times a week. So it was a really exciting and a lot of work, but kind of rewarding in a sense. It looked like a lot of work. It, I mean, an early part of the film follows uh, Mert Lawwell around, yes. where he's basically just driving back and forth across the country nonstop to, to do races. Mm. Well, he's not, they're not even sleeping or anything. Uh, Mert, uh, you know, as long as you had a second driver, you were doing well. That was things you dreamed of. That was for the fancy people. <laughs> well, for the really rich guys. He was the number one. <laughs> well, he was number one, and he was very good at it. And uh, I guess you're, if you're number one back then, you're like the king of motorcyclists at that point, right? Well, you, you, you certainly are. And you know what? The It's really unfortunate because it, it wasn't until after uh, Mert got out of it, I got out of racing, that the real money came in. I don't know if it was a conspiracy or what, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're out. Now we can start paying them money. These new guys well, have two cars. <laughs> well, you know, can you imagine uh, Villa Poto, Kawasaki rider, winning uh, that Red Bull race up at uh, Las Vegas, and he got a million dollars for it? And then he gets on his bike and rides to California. <laughs> oh, man, i got to get there before tomorrow. <laughs> You know, it's like it's like I haven't made a million dollars yet in my whole life, and he did it in one race. So jerk. It, the whole landscape of, of uh, professional racing has changed now. Just amazing. Yeah, the feel in the movie is it was sort of a tight, close knit sort of community, um, real kind of hometown feel to everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it it was, and and on top of that, it, it was one of those things that I loved talking to the fans. I loved being a part of all of that. And now you go to uh, particularly the uh, the road races, the top line riders they end up in their transporters with the doors closed, air conditioner on, and they're they're not talking to anybody. They got their model. You girlfriends. don't have any access to them. I love to talk to those people. Going to some of the dirt track, like we went up to Salinas to um, the TT race last spring, and to get back into the pits when the pits were open was kind of nice. It, it kind of had still has some of that feel to it because the riders are sitting in their pits and they got a little table and they got their little posters of themselves and they'll the kids come <laughs> along and they sign their their autographs and stuff and they and they're talking to everybody and it's really mm-hmm. cool because mm-hmm. uh, you know you know and, and that's something too we as older motorcyclists we really need to get younger people into the sport this this sport's getting old we need to get some young blood into, you know. You know, she keeps talking about me when she says that, and I'm beginning to get a complex. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you Jesus. can't tell how old I am. I dye my hair. So, I mean, come on. 
<laughs> There's a hint, Walt. <laughs> but, but she is a younger woman. Yes. Well, yeah, you were, you were cruising, picking up chicks for track school. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but it's so true. I mean, to, we try to get our – if we weren't quite so busy, I would – I would spend more time trying to get our grandkids into motorcycling more, but you know more people need to do that even yet than than just us. I mean, we got to get a lot of more uh, younger people going in the sport so that you know it just keeps keeps going. And you know, at, at your school, what do, what are you seeing as sort of the average age of your students? It's it's in the fifties. I mean, we get really. We get a lot of older people um, trying to brush up on their skills, and they could be, you know, we get people that in their seventies come into the class. We uh, there's some that come, that are in their forties. Yeah, with that said, we get some twenties and twenty-five. We do and get a few down again, and and we've had a couple people come through that have, you know have just had their license for a year or two, so they're they're in their late teens. Yeah, but but for the most part, I think for the most part, we, our median age is around forty four, which is about where we're at in motorcycling in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, forty four doesn't sound as scary to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> really, it, it it won't hurt you. It'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> forty is now the new thirty. You know, it's in, that's it, why I keep telling Todd is forty is the new thirty. Yeah. I don't know. I'm at the old thirty still. Shut up. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the way it is with Walt and I, I mean, even though chronologically we, we get older every year, uh, age-wise, uh, none of, neither one of us... Um, Act has, like it? No. We, 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 you we, know what? I, I've said this for a long time. I, I refuse to grow up. Absolutely refuse to grow up. That's I'm, right. <laughs> not, I'm not going to do it. I have a girlfriend that has a shirt she always wears that says, still plays with motorcycles. And it's, that's me. I still play with motorcycles. It's, hey, you know. It's and fun. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are missing is that spark. And I, I really do believe motorcycling helps keep that burning, that, that spark, that, that enthusiasm, that, that, that pleasure of getting out in the, the world and, and, and seeing things and going places that you haven't been before. And, and that's all, that's an important part of, uh, of me, and, and I think that's why I stay so enthused with what I'm doing. Uh, I love doing it. So, Nancy, mm-hmm. do, do you ride on back at all? Only when I have to. I, okay. I, don't, I don't like being a passenger. I'm not a good passenger. For example, we took my mom up to Laguna Seca one year. From Southern, we went from Southern California up to Monterey. It's about a 400-mile ride. Uh, we take all the back roads and my mom went with us. Uh, she was 74 that year and she's on the back with Walt and we're going down this really cool road called uh, Carmel Valley Road G16 and it's just this really great goatee kind of road and, and we're just plunking along having a good old time, uh, three of us. So my mom's on with Walt and here comes these two sport bikes. Zoom, zoom. And I could just see Walt's back go up and my friend on, on the other bike back go up and their hand, their throttle hand goes, okay, here we go. And off they took. And With I'm your mom. Going, <laughs> I'm back there going, Are you, uh, be careful, my mom's on the back, you know. And, and as soon as we got to where we were going, the house that we ran up there during the races, I, I said to my mom, I says, well, mom, what'd you think of that road? It was great. I mean, that was that was a nice ride. I really enjoyed that. And I'm going, you know, Mom, I'm so glad you're just 
dumb and happy on the back because I'd be beating the crap out of him. <laughs> He's taking off like that after those sport bikes. <laughs> she didn't know. He, she had fainted at that point. <laughs> so have, have you made Walt ride on the back? I, I would have to, uh, like, throw him off the back for, for bad behavior. And I, I, I don't want to have to hurt him, so I don't let him ride on the back. Uh, so what's so next just, for you guys? Well, I think I alluded to this earlier. We'd like to go to Street Masters 2, make it even bigger and better. Street um, harder. Yeah. We got some trips planned for this uh, this summer. We, we're, we always take a, uh, we're not going to Sturgis Ride. We're up to number, what, what did we decide, 14 now, Nancy? 15, I think, this year. Okay. 14, yeah, 14 or 15. 14 but, or 15, we're not going to Sturgis Ride. And that, that all started by us planning a trip there and then we didn't get to go and the people that did never made it to Sturgis they just had too much fun in Colorado and Utah so that became the first annual we're not going to Sturgis ride <laughs> and now we're up to 14 or 15 now nice. uh, which we have been on every one since the first one but this year we're going um, we were going back to the uh, BMW MOA rally and um, do, yeah, yeah. do a class do a class at Topeka Kansas but that got squashed here just a short time ago so it, it gives us an opportunity to focus on the American Motorcyclist Association International Women in Motorcycling Conference in Carson City, Nevada this year. There he, uh, which there is, he goes, uh, trying to pick up chicks again. Well, <laughs> I, I love it. And, but, but Nancy actually is putting together this, this group ride from Southern California up to Carson City via most of the, mostly via the, the Sierras. So we're trying to stay high and where it's cooler. Uh, in the, in and the there's hospital. great roads, great roads yeah. in the Western Sierras. I mean, well, we, the- we are we are street masters. We are a cornering class, and you will wear the sides of your tires out on this trip. So, right. but and, anyway, and, we we anticipate anywhere from a, a dozen to twenty people, and we've got cool places to stay on the way. Just, I mean, the coolest of places to stay on the way. That's one of the things that makes riding worthwhile. We we get to go to some really neat places. Uh, bed and breakfast and stage stops and and hot springs and and uh, and things like that. So it's it, that's going to be a real exciting time for the summer. And and we're going to be presenters at the uh, at the conference. We're we're hoping. Should I say this? We're hoping to put on a, a Street Masters an abbreviated Street Masters class up there on the old road to Virginia City. We're hoping. We're, we don't have any any details yet on on if that's going to be. Hundred percent possible, but we're we're working on it, and um, we're hoping to do some sort of on the street training while we're up there for the folks that show up at the conference. Now, in that it's the International Women in Motorcycling Conference, it doesn't mean that guys can't come, um, but the focus is on women riding. And actually, the last one in 2009 that was in Keystone, Colorado, some of the husbands came and boyfriends and whatnot, and. Then, then there was always me trying to pick up the chicks. Yeah, but there was a friend of ours that, that decided to come and meet us kind of halfway. He lives in Louisiana, and we said, oh, we're going to be in Colorado. And he goes, hmm, Colorado, that sounds like a really great place to ride to. So he got on his gold wing and, and met us there at the women's conference. And actually, he had a really great time going to the seminars and, and doing all the activities himself. And, you know, and so it really, it really is... <laughs> It, it really these, is, these, uh, chicks, these chicks don't knit. They ride. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Single dudes with bikes take note. <laughs> exactly. They may, they may carry knitting needles, but they don't use them for knitting. 
I've, I've got a great idea for a new reality TV show. Yeah. Walt and Nancy, they go someplace where a lot of street writers hang out, mm-hmm. and they ambush one of these billies and challenge them to a skills test between awesome. him and Walt. Oh, have I got a story about a skills thing for you? We were up at a Goldwing rally in Mammoth, Colorado, uh, California, Mammoth, uh, the ski area, but it was in um, Labor Day weekend, 2010. We have a lot of golf wing rider friends, and this one club out of San Diego wanted Walt to come and be their, quote, ringer on their, <laughs> on their team. We, though, didn't get there in time because we were back uh, on a little backwoods trip back to the Devil's Post Pile, which is a really cool place back in the mountains there. And, and the, we had two buses break down on us, and so we didn't quite get there in time. But what happened was... Walt still went and got his bike and and joined in on this on the didn't get to do the team challenge, but he joined in on the single challenge, and he got there late, so he didn't he didn't even get to walk the course, so you get two or three tries to do this, and he's on his BMW R eleven hundred RS, and everybody else is on their gold wings, and he's. First time through, he goes through the course. So, well, he, he cuts a couple cones because he didn't quite realize where the course went to and did okay. Well, the second time he goes out, he's going through the course. doesn't really look like he's going all that fast, but Walt is Mr. Smooth. I mean, he is so smooth. And he's just going through the course smooth as could be, cutting, doing the turns around the cones really tight and all this and that. He gets to the end of the course, and the guy looks at the clock, and he goes, 35 seconds, that's two seconds faster than the fastest time before this. <laughs> I was like, holy cow. And it didn't even look fast. I mean, that's how smooth it was. So, you yeah. Keep, you keep talking like that, and we won't have to ambush anybody. They'll be looking to ambush us. It's like gunfighters, you know? <laughs> yeah, we can, beat, we can beat that guy. Where's he at? It's the guy in the neon jacket. Get him! Yeah, yeah, yeah you can do it. But no, I don't think so. It's like, you know, people ride up along Walt and see him on his Beamer. Well, actually, he has a Buell also. That uh, Wait, 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 wait. A Buell? A Buell. A Buell, a, a Buell what? A S3. Do you have any electrical problems with yours? <laughs> no, but I do have problems with it. When it runs, it's great. It just doesn't run often enough. I'm not alone in that. <laughs> You know, not alone. <laughs> He's got this wonderful love-hate relationship with his Buell. I'm hearing this from all the Buell writers. It's it's not just me. You, you, you guys are like sob owners. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that like a sob story? I, I thought it was. I thought it was a curse just on my bike, but I think it's the whole brand now. No, it's uh, my. Well, mine's a '97. I don't know what you got, but. Uh... No, mine's mine's a 2006, but it, it's it's got it's it's persnickety. It's seen yeah. things, yeah. <laughs> horrible yeah. things. Yeah, this rattles and clacks inside somewhere. I got to find out what that is, and then uh, then I'll be riding it again. Mine just explodes. We have some friends like that too. I mean, they they've got a they have it's again a love hate. He loves a thing, but he's rebuilt it a, two or three or four times, and he's just about done with it. Which yeah. is too bad because it's a very cool bike when it runs. Yeah. Chuck's probably a big enough sucker to buy it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll give him I'll give him your name. Actually, uh, my Buell is is probably the one 
bike, I would prefer to ride long distance than any of the others, provided it, it runs all the way. And it doesn't matter what speed I'm running at. It just gets mm. 15, 60 miles to the gallon, which is really cool. Particularly it now gets that even better mileage. It gets even better mileage being towed behind a gold wing. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, that yeah. happened once. That happened on this trip, one of our not going to Sturgis rides. We were coming... Uh, we had spent the night in Bluff, Utah, and we were we were coming up the Moki Dugway, which is just south of Natural Bridges. Mokey well, you Dugway. guys probably see a picture of the Moki Dugway if you see her um, her little icon on your on your screen. That's her coming mm-hmm. up the Moki Dugway. In fact, that was that year that uh, the Buell broke. Yeah. Buell not in frame. Yeah, Buell, Buell not included. On the side of the road. Well, what happened? Well, he had he had stopped to take the pictures and and uh, was coming up to the top turnout where we're all going to meet up and he's coming he's coasting into that and i hear this curse of a blue streak coming out of his mouth i'm going whoa what a potty mouth i'm going whoa he's upset about something and he stops the bike and puts the kickstand down and stomps off back down the hill and well what what what's going on he's heading down he comes he goes around the corner he comes back and he's got his belt in his hand. <laughs> Not a good place for it, by the way. <laughs> the drive belt is in in one long snake piece. You know, it's not in a continuous circle anymore. You ever and, tried to get a uh, a Buell belt in the middle of nowhere and then find someone to put it in? Yeah, it's going to happen. And we're literally, you know, in the middle of nowhere. We're in, in, in the middle of nowhere in southeastern Utah, and we're, we're over 100 miles from, from Hanksville. We're not wanting to go back towards Blanding. Not that it would have done any good anyway, because nobody would have had a belt. Yeah. So Hell, I'm in the and, middle of the city standing next to a Harley-Davidson dealership trying to order a Buell part and finding someone to put it in. Exactly. Good luck. Yeah. So so here's what happened is we we tried to find somebody. There were a lot of pickup trucks coming up up the road. So we tried to talk some of them into putting the bike in the back and taking the, us up the road a piece. And all of them weren't going anywhere. They were going up onto the mesa there, and they were going to cut firewood and do things like that. And go, they saw it was a buell and knew it was cursed. <laughs> must have. So our friend Skip from Louisiana was with us on this trip on his yellow gold wing and his wife was with him as we're trying to decide what to do this other fellow rode up on this harley dresser laughing well no he was a really nice guy and he go hey what's going on you know and all so well we explained the situation and and as we're talking about it skips rummaging around in his in his gold wing and being a, a ship's captain he always has lots of cool stuff stowed away and he has a length of rope and also on his gold wing he has a trailer hitch <laughs> <laughs> they go together right you, you see where this is going oh yeah that's not uh, humiliating I at all I have to tell you it's kind of embarrassing to be towed by anything but a yellow gold wing is even worse were you doing the parade wave as you were going by? Well, no, I was hanging on tight. 35 miles. Now, Skip may be a great captain, but he doesn't know how to tow another motorcyclist. Never had to do it before. Never ridden with a mule before. <laughs> <laughs> it just about wore me out. 
trying trying to keep the handlebars straight and, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, without him pulling me over to one side or the other. But 35 miles and I was done. I was thinking maybe I could make it to Hanksville, which was another 70 Nine, miles to there. Oh, 95 miles to Hanksville. Yeah, and I I thought, no, nah, I'm done. That's it. So you cover that in the Street Masters class? How to uh, how to tow bikes? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's an additional class only if you ride with fuel riders. <laughs> well then, <laughs> we'll be that, signing up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we got out of that. Uh, well, well that, it doesn't matter. We, but, well, but I, I got I out. I think it was interesting because you talk about ask if Walt rides on the back. Well, he ended up having to ride on the back with this fellow with the Harley. You're going to embarrass me again now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> he made you put on chaps, didn't he? No, no. <laughs> and that lipstick I like. Do it. Do it slow. But the funny oh, thing... Oh, but I did have a shirt that said... No, I never mind. Yeah. If you can read this. <laughs> well, we tried to find him a ride to go up to Hanksville, but again, nobody was going that direction. You're out in the middle of nowhere out there. Nobody goes anywhere where you want to go because there's just nowhere to go. So Gordon, who was the guy that was riding the Harley, he was our from Gordon from Minnesota, by the way. Yes. Hi, Gordon. Gordon finally took pity and said, well, you know, I really got nowhere to go. He says, if you need to go to Hanksville, says, I'll take you on the back of my bike. He was just out riding. He says, but you got to understand a couple things. He goes, I only go 60 miles an hour. That's as fast as I go. And I ride down the middle of the road. Unless there's traffic coming the other way, I'll, I'll move over a little bit. But I go down the middle of the road and I sightsee. I look this way and I look that way and I just kind of have a good time just looking at what's going on. This is but 60 miles an hour. So I was like, well, beggars can't be choosers. And when I tap you on the knee, you need to open my beer. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have you know, Walt's going along just to entertain him. After he's taken as as many pictures as he he could stand from the backseat, he's taken a lot of really cool pictures. He started looking at the road markers and comparing it to what the odometer was doing on his bikes to see how close the odometer was. So it's kind of keeping his mind going as he's going down, you know, an hour and a half ride to Hanksville. And next thing he knows, Gordon is tapping on my le- on the leg because Walt's gone clunk. I'd fallen asleep and smashed my helmet into his. I, I, I can't believe it. It's the first time that's ever happened. The moral of the story is never give Walt a ride. <laughs> Imagine the, 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 that guy at a rider's like, he's trying to... He's cuddling, me. isn't he? He's cuddling. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He's snuggling me. Yeah. <laughs> Get off my bike. Okay. Well, I, I think uh, I think we're, we've worn you two out enough. Uh, <laughs> hey, this has been cool. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I, hey, thanks for coming time. on. Oh, we've yeah. got lots more stories. Of course, he's got lots of them that would embarrass embarrass me. But I, I think uh, I need we need to make it out to the school. I want to. so. I need some cornering. Well, and you skills. Guys, you guys, I'll tell you what, you guys are invited. Come on out and, and uh, uh, join us. You'll it'll teach me our, how to wheelie? It'll be our pleasure to have you out. That, that's a second class. I told <laughs> you. You're not paying attention to me now, are you? <laughs> I have a short attention span. Things are shiny things. Yeah. Come on out, join us. You, you, you'd have a good time. It'd be great. It sounds like it'd be a blast. It, it'd be a blast riding out here. 
Maybe all right, time, cool. it, time it right and we'd go somewhere on top of that. It'd be great. All right. That's, that sounds like an awesome, awesome <laughs> invite. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. It was great having you on. Yeah, thanks for being yeah, on with us, you two. Chuck and Todd, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure, and we look forward to talking to you again soon, okay? All right. All thanks right. a lot. Thank you, guys. I really want to go to that school. Yeah, it sounds like a total hoot. And then, the, the God, the stories, the two of them. I, I, I bet you could you could probably, for the cost of like a couple of pitchers of beer, have an entire night's really solid entertainment. Their school is actually on the way to San Diego. Oh, really? I could drive out there, mm. you know, assuming I choose a bike that makes it there. Well, it could happen one day. I don't know if I want to go on the Throcks. I, I'd want to go on the... Bu- 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 Just watch out for the coyotes in the desert is all I can say. <laughs> They know you now. They're on to you. They'd be like, hey, it's him. I've got a tire blood kit. Only thing that could happen is like the tire incredibly shreds itself somehow. I guess that could happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the engine stops engining. Or, yeah, that could happen too. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the coyotes outside Las Vegas know you by scent now. I've signed the bike, so if anyone would like to buy it cheap, please get in, get in touch. Yes, the Wheel Nerd signed Buell, still available. Yes, it's signed by both of us. It's It's got... Value? It'll be really valuable in... Someday? Someday. Someday? Probably. Yeah? We hope. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we have fans and they'll... Yes, we have fans. We can prove it's a collector's it. item. We've got listener mail. Oh, thank God. Our first one comes from uh, Adrian. Hey, Todd and Chuck. Just finished the last episodes of Wheel Nerds last night and it occurred to me that the Buell might be possessed. We agree. <laughs> Check the headstock. Is there a nameplate that reads Christine? <laughs> Maybe you're just not treating her right. Or you could get a KLR and leave them in the garage together overnight. If the KLR is a mangled mess in the morning, you know the answer. Go Team Chuck! This is what I've got for Team Chuck. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're like, hey, your bike is possessed and it's going to destroy the world. Ha, go Team Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird because sometimes I do walk into a dark garage and the headlights just turn on. Hello. <laughs> I've been here for quite some time. <laughs> Would you mind hooking me up to the tender? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also <laughs> feed me a Thruxton. <laughs> the Thruxton has things between it and the Buell. Bring me a scooter <laughs> so that I might feed. <laughs> Well, you know, I took it to that BMW dealer thinking it'd eat one of those Vespas. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess it can't, it can't handle the unibody. <laughs> oh, I just want a bike that runs. <laughs> Is that so wrong? You're so greedy. <laughs> Speaking of scooters, by the way, I got to ride on the new Honda PCX. How did you do that? We got one in our uh, training fleet. Oh. Yeah, I had the first class of the season this weekend. A brand new scooter? Brand new scooter. The deal was we got the scooter as part of a deal where we'd also get a CBR 250. Ooh, that sounds even better. We did not get the CBR 250, (laughs) and there's no sign of the CBR 250 in the near future, and they're being very dodgy about the location of the CBR 250 in question. But we got a scooter Uh, and a new Rebel. (laughs) I, I can't imagine why. I mean, it's not like those things are just flying off the floor as fast as possible. Yeah, well, apparently they are. And apparently, actually, there's PCXs, too. Hmm. So, like, this is, the, this is the TU of last year. You can't get this thing. This little 125cc scooter. It's maxi-scoot styled, so it's got, you know, the, the Flash Gordon aesthetic. Okay. Wicked, wicked fun little scooter. Okay, now, that or the MP3? <sighs> Depends what I'm going to do with it. MP3, if I was going to be going far. Okay. Commuting. This, if I was just commuting, that would be a hard one because the underseat storage on this is big. Oh, it's yeah. got a shitload on it. It's got like, it can hold a helmet. A whole right? helmet and then some. And this thing is small and light. I mean, it's like 200 and change. Like when it was parked wrong in the trailer, I just freaking moved it. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's when he showed his He-Man singlet. 
furry in, underwear. The introduction wasn't a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a fun little scoot. It's fuel injected. It really gets up and goes. I, I really was extremely extremely impressed with it in general. Europe is really been having a lot of cool stuff that we've been getting hosed on for a long time clearly well i mean their two wheels are much more accepted yep (laughs) yeah it's considered serious not recreational yep but feeding one of these which costs only about three thousand new really extremely well appointed scooter with fuel injection and everything else wow yeah this is this is a pretty sweet little scoot wow and it looks it looks awesome that might be uh that might be a replacement for the vfr in san diego It'll make my wife feel better. She's, she'll be like, you're not picking up anybody on that. Da, 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 da. Roman holiday, anybody? <laughs> Come home, meet my mom. <laughs> we can get back to my mom's couch on my shooter. <laughs> I'll find out how Todd grew up. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to have a scooter. <laughs> I'd have picked up chicks by a scooter. <laughs> All right, we got another mail from Roger. Okay. Roger writes, really enjoy the podcast, guys. Started listening about two months ago and get a real kick out of you both, but I have to say, Team Todd rules. Oh, so we're like split this week. Yeah. I ride two different motorcycles presently. A 2005 650 Strom, well, it that, blue. That, that's why. And a 1997 Harley-Davidson FLHTC Electric Glide Classic. Wow. I live in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, so I won't be seeing the sun or grass for the next four months. He didn't write that. I just assumed. <laughs> Been writing since the 70s and really enjoyed the show. Thanks for the work. It's appreciated. Wow. That's pretty cool. He's He swings both ways. He's got the, he's got the spread. He's got the, the fairly <laughs> modern machine that kind of does everything. And, the, and then he's got the strum. Nobody likes him. <laughs> Hates you forever. I'm going to get eight mail from Strom writers now. <laughs> and we are legion. <laughs> we are everywhere. Yeah, but really, are you guys going to pull yourself away you know, long enough from a forum to send me a hate mail? Could happen. I don't know. Probably not. No, not. <laughs> Sometimes why? Someone might post down. something cool about a new tweak. Ooh. There's a wiring tweak I saw on Strom Troopers. You better go check it out. No shit. I have to go. <laughs> Those are the geekiest riders ever. Strom is the quintessential geek bike. There's something about it that just is absolutely irresistible to geeks. That's why I was completely unsurprised when uh, Michael from a couple weeks ago with the Canada bike, he rides a Strom. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we, we are geeks. We ride Stroms. Go us. The windshield I got on the Buell was from a Strom guy. Yep. It's from a Strom geek who's also yep. a physics geek yep. and makes neural network software. And windshields. And windshields. <laughs> There it is. He uses the neural network to design windshields. Ooh, a Strom with a neural network. It's got to be better than the gear position sensor now. I really got to bypass that thing. Ooh, what would you be more scared of, a Strom with a neural network or my Buell, which is clearly possessed? Tricky. By something. Mm, I don't know. I think I'd still be more scared of the Buell. Because <laughs> I think the Strom with a neural network would just be like, hey, guys, it's a game store over there. I'm stopping. <laughs> Fly both brakes. ABS engaged. <laughs> What's this grappling hook? They have ham radios. <laughs> Put one of those in the bag. <laughs> Halfway antenna. You don't need the rear seat. No one's riding with you ever. <laughs> so Roger also sent us some startup noises, one of the Strom and one of the Harley, uh, without saying real nerds in them. 
the, yeah, if you're, if you're going to send us, say, a, a startup thing for the show, please say the name of the show. Yes. And ideally, our names, too. That would be really cool. E- either one is fine. Um, but the I name do, of the show is, is kind of important. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, if you just send us the engine noises, we will appreciate it and lock ourselves in a small, dark room with it. But mm-hmm. that's about it. Yep, that's all. So, so Chuck, if you want to record that, Roger, that would be great. Except don't send us Strom. <laughs> the Strom will send itself. It has built in Wi Fi. You got mail. <laughs> Maybe that's what it means when it blinks the overdrive light at me at random. Maybe that's the mail light. <laughs> Email received. Four chans updated again. Yay! You were watching your thread on Reddit. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, you're not selling me on the idea of the new Weestrom. Are you kidding? You'll love this. You're a giant geek. Ah, yeah, that's true. It will tell you when a new Gundam model comes out. Ooh, really? Is there an option for that? Yeah. Yeah, the overdrive light blinks. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's talking to me in Morse code. Blink, 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 blink. That's Gundam just came out. (laughs) Yeah, I got put on right now. Go to the bottle shop. Turn left. (laughs) GPS updated. (laughs) Please make a legal U-turn when possible. It's a strum. Please make a U-turn now. Run over whatever's in the middle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> They've only got six left. Oh, man, we're still not getting dates. Mm, no, unfortunately, we're both married. <laughs> Our wives hear this, we're not getting dates. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay, what have you learned, Todd? I've learned that we're almost out of season. In <gasps> fact, we're out of season. We are out of season. Yes, indeed. This is going to be the last episode. Wait, does that mean they can't shoot us anymore? <laughs> Thank God. I can go outside again. I was getting really tired of those Canadian listeners coming after us about that F- F-800. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be the last episode of season two of Wheel Nerds. Yes. And in season three, hear Chuck say... Hi. How are you? I'm fine. It's not very exciting yet. We're still working on it. Everything's fine. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more interviews and more stories and probably a lot more giggling like you all know and love. Thanks for listening. And that's all we got time for this week <laughs> and this season. Till next time, I'm We're Tom. going on break. We're going on break. We're going on a bender. <laughs> I'm on a bender right now. What are you talking about? Okay. Until after the bender, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. Keep an eye on the Wheel Nerds Facebook and website for some exciting news and surprises during the break. Also, don't forget to keep sending us your letters, classifieds, and sounds so we can use them on the show. Thanks a lot.